It's time to catalog minor catastrophes, tell our real life terrors, and manifest some mayhem. That's right. Let's crack open the anxiety encyclopedia. I'm Catherine McNally. And I'm Lorian McGill. We're two friends who share many things in common, including our many anxieties. Each week, we'll tell you about one thing we're afraid of and how afraid we actually need to be in the hopes of confronting those fears head on, or at the very least sharing a few laughs along the way. That's right. This is the anxiety encyclopedia. Catherine, what's making you anxious this week? All right. We're starting with a doozy. We're okay. starting with <laughs> um, a tsunami that will at some point destroy Seattle and Portland. It's not like a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Okay. I, so we're starting with this. We're starting with this because um, I'm pretty sure I learned about this from our dear friend, Mark who's married to our other friend, Selena. Shout out. He So he found out you were moving to Seattle and was like, guess what? This was years ago. When oh, okay. I was just, if you mention Seattle to Mark, the first thing he will say is earthquake and tsunami, like in one breath. That feels right. Yeah. Yes. So like anytime, like literally anytime you say the word Seattle, tsunami, that's what's next. So he introduced me to this. Thank you, Mark. Um, and I've thought a lot about it because my sisters lived here for six years. I just moved here in August. And so obviously, because I just moved here, the tsunami, the tsunami will be coming, for right? Sure. Like, cause it's all about me. It's been waiting. Exactly. And so once, you know, something good happens to me, it's all going to be torn down around me. So, so you're fine for now, but yes, absolutely. I'm doing great. <laughs> so, um, th- this tsunami. Let's let's uh let's dive in. So everyone knows about the San Andreas faults, right? It's like most popular of all of the faults. Um, right. It basically runs the length of California, but no one talks about the fault line that runs for 700 miles off the coast of the Pacific Northwest. It starts in Northern California and continues along Oregon and Washington and ends in Vancouver in Canada. Um, it's called the Cascadia subduction zone. That's so pretty. I would name my first daughter Cascadia subduction. <laughs> Actually, that is really pretty. But I mean, I'm all for it. You call her Cassie for short. <laughs> what inspired this? Well, you're named after a terrifying <laughs> fault line that is going to destroy cities. Slash that already did. Who knows yes. if and when I'm going to have a child to name Cascadia. Honestly, though, that's super powerful right? Like a girl named after something that can destroy everything. I don't know. I think it's Listen, my kid's sister had a friend in elementary school named tyranny. So all bets are off for names. Oh no. That reminds me of like a bad stripper name, like tyranny, (laughs) destiny. Oh no. (laughs) Tyranny, anarchy, (laughs) malignancy, whatever. It's like the way outside of town strip club oh no okay so cascadia is sounding better and better sorry um but essentially it's named after the cascade range which is like beautiful mountains just gorgeous but apparently terrifying so the reason why no one talks about this subduction zone like san andreas is because 45 years ago no one knew it existed Mm-hmm. Well, so while the San Andreas is like the most studied fault, 
uh cascadia really isn't so it's kind of more terrifying great love a mystery fault yeah so we're going to take it back to science class for a moment because uh i also needed a refresher so students let's learn about tectonic plates okay because i needed a review so the earth made up of tectonic plates they're pieces of the earth's crust they drift, they rearrange the continents and oceans. You know, we started with, what was it called? Pangea, you know, everything's together, moving apart, right? Usually they move slowly, but when the tectonic plates meet, it's much more noticeable. So in our Cascadia subduction zone, these tectonic plates are moving underneath each other. So like one's going under the other one and they're getting wedged. And so at some point, the plates are going, they're not gonna be able to move any farther. And so it's going to come snapping back down. Oh. Mm-hmm. So what will happen if, when this occurs? Uh, the first thing is going to be a compression wave. Now, I would like to say right now, if I'm wrong about the science, <laughs> please don't tell me. <laughs> hey, I learned more just a minute ago than I took in from an entire semester of geology my freshman year of college so thank you so much bravo. thank you so much it could uh, be yeah, all wrong but I it know might it be, now this is when I'm like is that earthquake I think it's an earthquake bit uh but like if you're looking for experts who know what they're talking about this is not your podcast I don't know I'm just reading articles and relaying the information the best way I can so I'm just here to do bits exactly right like this is what we're actually about so a compression wave it's just going to feel like a jolt to humans, but to dogs and like other animals, they will be able to hear it. And so dogs are going to start barking. Okay. So that's your first warning sign. At this point, there should be an alert system for an early warning of an earthquake uh, coming. This is new. So like just this year, 2021, I think like all of like the West Coast have started doing this. So one of the articles that I read, which was written in 2015, was like, Washington State has no early warning system. I was like, oh, oh God. No. But now they do. So that's good. It just took them, you know, way too long. Is it like a seismometer? That sounds like a word I just made up. That can't be it, right? That's the thing. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got some way to alert the public. So like, okay. later I'm going to okay. tell you to sign up for like text messages, all of that. Okay. There will be some kind of alert. What does that look like? I don't really know. So now the earthquake is underway. The shaking begins. And I bet you'll never guess. The longer it lasts, the worse it is. That follows. That tracks. Yes. So you can tell how the magnitude of an earthquake based on how long it lasts. So um, a 15 second earthquake will be a magnitude of 6.9. A 30 second one will be in the mid sevens. One minute in the high sevens, two minutes in the eights, three minutes in the high eights, and a four-minute earthquake would be a magnitude nine. So, like, everything above a seven has the potential to create a tsunami. Can you imagine a four-minute earthquake? Like, after minute two, are you just assuming you live in a doorway now? I mean, what is the... Yeah, that's so long. Yes. Like, do you guys get earthquakes in New Mexico? Uh. 
Some only because Edgewood by the mountains is actually on oh. a fault, but their baby, I've never yeah. actually felt an earthquake. We don't get okay. natural disasters except the state catches on fire a couple of times a year. Not a big deal. That's no big deal. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've only ever experienced like tiny ones that are probably no longer than like five seconds. Mm-hmm. And in those five seconds, I'm useless. I'm like, oh gosh, I should do something about this. What do I do? And then it's over. So four minutes. I mean, five seconds isn't even long enough to trigger a flight or fight response. It feels like, right? You're like, well, mine was freeze. Mine is freeze. So just (laughs) curl up like a little armadillo. I mean, that's good. Just roll to a doorway. Well, look, if we're getting up to four minutes, you do not want to get in a doorway. Where should you you be? Oh, I don't know. Outside. Because guess what? Bad things are going to happen. I know. So, well, yeah, four minutes. That's yes, everything's four, gonna fall apart. Oh, guess what? It's gonna get real scary. Okay. Um, so for reference, back to our San Andreas, it can only produce an 8.2 earthquake. The Cascadia subduction zone can produce a nine. <gasps> so, mm-hmm. so what will happen if it's this is what they call the big one? What will happen? Glass will break, anything unsecured will. A move across the floor, crash down, bookshelves, refrigerators, water heaters, dressers that you didn't attach to the wall, even though Ikea told you to do that. That's me. Um, houses not bolted to their foundation will slide off. <laughs> Can you imagine just Your a house? house? <laughs> just sliding right off. Every home is a mobile home if you shake it hard mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, homes and buildings will collapse. So right. like you doorways ain't enough you have four whole minutes to get out the doorway and outside i feel like outside is the least worst place to be yeah until you get until you get stuck slid into the under ground. a house yeah like the wizard of oz mm-hmm. so no big deal um and then oh so people in portland are pretty screwed um 75% of buildings in Oregon are not designed to withstand a major Cascadia earthquake. And like the one article that I read was basically like, so now they're trying to address it. Right. So if you build something where, are you like, you know, you move into a building that cannot withstand it, they have to address it. But basically it's just like, okay, we talked about it. Check Mark move on. Like they're not actually doing anything about it. All right. So, Everything is falling down around you. Next, the electrical grid will fail. Sure. Okay, so if it's daytime, you know, you can see stuff. If it's at night, though, you are doing all of this in the dark. Okay, but does that actually protect you from electrocution? If, like, a water pipe bursts and... I have no idea. I just Either feel way, like- it sounds bad. People are always getting electrocuted in the disaster movies I've seen. I mean, yeah. I'm about to list like a lot of other things that are going to happen too. Great. Like, Keep going. Landslides. For fires, sure. Yeah. Flooding. Obviously. Pipe failures. Dam breaches. And hazardous material spills. Yeah. So even if like I've survived this long and like my dresser hasn't fallen over and crushed me to death. It's not going to be good news. I got to survive a lot of things. Yeah. It's not good. So you ready for my next favorite part that's going to happen in this earthquake? Is that the tsunami part? 
No, we're not even at oh that Oh my yet. gosh. We're still in the earthquake. So there will also be liquefaction. Oh. Is that? It's where a solid crown starts behaving like a liquid. Oh no. So essentially I watched a video because I was like, I cannot picture something solid becoming liquid. So what happens like certain ground is good, right? It's stable. Certain ground is made up of like water and like clay and stuff. And okay, so yeah. when you start shaking it, the water overtakes it and it basically becomes quicksand, oh, which no. was a childhood fear of mine. Because of the never ending story, right? And the princess bride. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's coming back around. It's like, oh, hey, you can still be afraid of quicksand. Because that's what liquefaction is. So, and like, think about when you're at like the beach, you walk on sand, it's good. If you get sand wet and you move around your feet, you're going to sink. That's what's happening. Okay. So 15% of Seattle is built on liquefiable land. Wait, how much? 15%. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And then Oregon's energy infrastructure hub is where 90% of the state's liquid fuel flows and that's on liquefiable land. So it feels like a bad plan. Look, I don't want to call out the people of Oregon. <laughs> I think we should come after them. But I don't know. It feels like they're like ideas, people, coffee shop ideas, people with maybe questionable execution. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just Seems- saying, just saying. We're just throwing that out there, Oregon. So we are ending the the earthquake. The the earthquake's gonna end four to six minutes. Not not that long, right? So So then the wave is on the way. Okay. Tsunami sirens will go off. And you'll have about 10 to 30 minutes to flee, to try to get to high ground or get out, you know, of the worst zones, but you have to do it by foot because everything has just been like destroyed, right? You can't get in your car and drive if your car is halfway into the earth because that liquefiable land is going to be solid again. So if your car is in there, I'll have pictures in a second. Well, that's good though, because it means that you can run away without the quicksand again. True. You're not going to be going through quicksand. But you could also be half in the quicksand, half out, and then mm, oh. solid again, right? So what the worst things. What is the, so you were just telling me to get outside if the earthquake is going on for four well, to six minutes, but now look. you're telling me I'm going to be half stuck in the earth. Okay. Number one, maybe don't live in Seattle at all. Number Check. two, if you have to, like I'm already here, don't live in like downtown or on the land. No. Okay. We're good. Yeah. I think I might be able to survive because you're further away. Mm-hmm. And what is the infrastructure that allows the tsunami sirens to work after all of that other stuff happens? That is a great question that I never considered. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to trust that I mean you would think they would think about that yeah they have to or they'll listen to this podcast and they'll be like oh oh, we didn't consider that good grief if people in charge (laughs) of public safety and infrastructure are coming to this and learning 
we're all in trouble i'll miss you very much (laughs) Uh, all right so you're gonna have to try to get to safety within 10 to 30 minutes not a big deal through disaster debris rubble all of that maybe through flooding you know now the tsunami it could be 20 to 100 feet tall and it will look like like first the wave is gonna like think about like a normal wave right it goes back so it's going to look like the ocean is receding and then it's going to look like it's just overtaking the land and then the wave is going to pick up anything along the way that's just loose so trucks door frames cinder blocks boats houses if they've slidden slidden off is that a word slidden slid there it is (laughs) off their uh foundation hey post earthquake there's no rules they slid in they slid (laughs) oh god all right so this is where i make myself feel better Mm -hmm. but it probably doesn't make anyone else feel better so if you look at a map of i'm focusing on seattle because i'm selfish but it's in portland too everything portland off about five minutes ago so sorry it's fine i'm more interested in what affects me so everything west of interstate five will be gone so that's like all of downtown seattle and like that's where the liquefiable land is that's where everything is so i am east oh that's the only thing that makes me feel slightly better so it probably makes your neighbors feel better too you said it wouldn't make anyone else feel better everyone in your building yeah so if you live west of interstate five good luck um fema projects that nearly thirteen thousand people will die and another twenty seven thousand will be injured oh my gosh now we've what does fema project will be the number of people who gain um powers that they could use for good or evil from the hazardous waste spill (laughs) that's a great question i think that they have not considered that okay that's what i'm here for i can you write that marvel movie for me that sounds awesome yeah it's kind of did you ever watch i zombie yes which took place in seattle oh, also yeah. yeah okay cool i love it maybe i'll develop superpowers because i'll only get injured slightly yeah that's right what would be your ideal superpower mm, no more anxiety i mean probably to fly so you could escape this you know <sighs> flying does seem like i could avoid a lot of things right it's like that fortune on gasoline so much i'm spending so much money i guess okay so um we've been focusing on you know the impact of the tsunami on the west coast of the u.s but we cannot forget that it's also that wave is going to travel across the pacific and it's going to hit japan too oh no mm-hmm. so after the tsunami after everything it's it would take between one and three months to restore electricity. That's a really long time. mm -hmm. It would take a month to a year to restore drinking water and 18 months to restore healthcare facilities. And those estimates increase when you get closer to the coast. Sure. So like the worse it is, the longer it's going to take. So yeah. Uh, Yeah. You don't want to be hanging around. So how likely is this going to happen? 
how afraid do we need to be? I liked the thought of moving to Seattle because I was like, there really aren't natural disasters, right? Like you don't hear of earthquakes, you know, I moved from the Midwest because like I, tornadoes terrify me. I don't like them, but earthquakes have happened in the Northwest before. So in 1700, a magnitude nine earthquake struck the Pacific Northwest in 15 minutes uh once the earthquake started 15 minutes later a tsunami hit in 10 hours the wave struck japan so like the only reason why they even knew about this earthquake and tsunami was because of japan's meticulous records and so they realized that the origin of that tsunami was actually in the pacific northwest and they confirmed that with tribal history in vancouver and according to that history, one of the islands, like just all the people drowned because it happened at night. Horrible. Mm-hmm. And if you think the infrastructure and emergency alert system is kind of dodgy now, now we just like pick up the phone and call Japan and be like, watch mm-hmm. out. It's coming. Mm-hmm. None of that. So earthquakes do happen. Scientists estimate, now here's the thing. This is another thing that I'm doing to make myself feel better. It's not that studied, right? We don't know that much about the Cascadia subduction zone. So maybe these numbers are not quite right. Sure. Fingers crossed. But scientists estimate that the average time that elapses between earthquakes in the Cascadia subduction zone is 243 years. We are currently 350 years into that 243 year cycle. But that does tell me that their estimates aren't that great, right? Right. And look, science changes. We change, you know, we learn new things. All Our the time. understanding grows. Right. Right. So maybe they're just totally wrong and like none, nothing bad's ever going to happen. That's right. But the odds of the Cascadia earthquake, just a, an earthquake mm-hmm. happening in the next 50 years is one in three. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is why for two days I was like a mess. Yeah. For two days I was unwell. The odds of the big one. Yeah. Is one in ten. Okay, well that's a lot less likely. But like that's not enough. I want like one in a thousand. I mean, I can't give that to you. I can. It's great. It's one in a thousand. I say. Fix the numbers. Uh, (laughs) It's actually one in 500,000 chance that it'll be the big one. You're fine. Okay. So y'all, we're going to be fine. Scientist Lorian says we're good. Now, this is like, we're starting out with a really bad one because for natural disasters, like tsunamis are basically unsurvivable. Yeah. The best way, this is what this article said. The best way to outlive one is to not be there when it happens. Yeah. Really great advice. Thank you. Useless. So um, the only good news is that people are starting to address the issue, right? So like Washington state did a study in July of this year to see what like a tsunami would look like after a 7.5 earthquake there they they just implemented that early warning system Mm. and then i did a fun search and found that they started to make these vertical evacuation towers so there's one 
Washington right now. They're mil- building another. And they basically look like they're just like on stilts. It just looks like this little like platform thing. So like, you know, if you built a bunch of those, 10 to 30 minutes to get to one could be doable. Right. Right. Yes. If there were enough. Right. Um, if they were, could withstand earthquakes. Right. And I would assume if you are building for these sure. things for that, like, let's hope. There's also, which I want one, these things called tsunami pods. And they're like exactly what you would picture. They're like little balls. <laughs> right now, the one I looked at can seat two people. So I figure that's enough for me and my cat. And I'm, I figure I'm going to get one. It can't be that expensive, right? <laughs> I just, I got to be real. I don't have a lot of faith in the tsunami pod you would be able to afford currently. I just am picturing you in like <laughs> those blow up balls that people run at each other and, and, or like, it just is a human hamster wheel. It's, it's got that vibe for yeah. sure. I yeah. might have to show you a picture of one in a second, but Jeez. it's like the one I looked at is like bright orange so that they can see you in all of the debris. That makes sense. I think there are some flaws to it. So like, it's supposed to withstand like heat, um, you know, debris, all that stuff is supposed to float, but you know, if we're talking about like, there's not going to be clean water for like a year and we need okay. people to like rescue other people, like how many helicopters are going to be able to find me in my little pod? Sure. And then I'm just floating in debris in my pod alone forever until I die. Oh, I'm... I mean, you could try to get yourself out at a certain point, right? I, I don't think you're supposed you're right. to just stay. I'm not supposed to just stay definitely in, in the pod. I think the pod is for the tsunami, and then you kind of get out, go from there. Okay, I'm just saying. I like to freeze and stay in place. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what pod sounds very cozy. I think at a certain point you would be tired of being trapped with your cat. Yeah, you know what? He might not react super well to being in a pod. Right. Oh, you he think? He gets scratched a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but we'll we'll put those. That'll be on my Christmas wish list. Tsunami a tsunami pod. pod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But is there like a Kickstarter or? <laughs> we should start one. Uh, you know, you have to build the thing you're kickstarting, right? Hmm. I say dream big and I can do whatever I want. I didn't just mean a Kickstarter for you to be able to afford. I'll a start a, That's a GoFundMe. Go fund so sorry. I'll start a GoFundMe. So Washington State Department of Natural Resources offers a list of things that you can do. Okay. The list is pretty much useless. Okay. It, it like when I read it after two days of like being just constantly thinking about tsunamis, it did make me feel better. But then I was like, this is again unsurvivable sign up to receive you know the early warnings have i done that yet no i have not done that but we will you should map out evacuation routes and practice them in the dark and in bad weather conditions so next time it's real rainy and disgusting outside get your ass out of bed girl go practice your evaluate i have to be honest with you i don't think you should do that (laughs) you're gonna die practicing (laughs) evacuating it's very possible. 
Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Okay, good. I no. mean, know them, but practicing them? I don't know. I'm just going to go east. Hopefully for the best. It's going to go east. Yeah. And then you should prepare a natural disaster kit, um, sure. which I feel like they say for a lot of things, you know, but like. I get it. Always- I get it for like a tornado where you are taking it down in the basement with you. I also get it for a fire. You're sp- we're supposed to have fire evacuation. Uh, less us down here in the metro area, but some places. But what's it really going to do for you once that right. 9.0 hits? Right. Once my entire apartment is destroyed. It's just my- another thing to get hit in the head with. Right. My gallons of water, two weeks <laughs> worth of water. It's just going to be another thing to kill me. And <laughs> also, how am I going to she with lived, two ga- Surrounded by two gallons of water. Like, how am I supposed to carry that? I think the solution is another thing on my wish list for Christmas. Have you seen those straws that you can yes. drink like bad water? I think that's yes. the solution. I, I think, I feel like that's more for if you're trapped in your house. With that, I don't know that you're supposed to carry all the water and stuff. That makes sense. I don't know, though. I mean, that's the theme of this podcast. We really don't know. We're just trying to figure out. We're just worrying about it. (laughs) We're just worrying about it. Oh, my. Do you want to see the pictures that I have? You know I do. Okay, so share that screen share that screen oh god okay so this is the should i do the zoom thing can you see my screen okay this is the cascadia subduction zone so it like is right along the coast um this is what happens when there's liquefiable land we'll put this on our instagram or something um essentially the the whole apartment complex is just like sinking into the ground oh my gosh and this is my favorite one (gasps) half of a car it looks like it's water but it's not it's ground and then i have to show you my pod Oh, the doors on that car were open, so I'm going to choose to believe that they, they jumped, jumped out, out before the ground ate it. Look how cute we would oh be. Oh my gosh, your cat would kill you in that. He would definitely kill me, but it'd be worth it because I'd save him. Where? So, yeah. I, I Granted, I haven't seen your apartment. Where, <laughs> you where would I this? store this? I think this is going to be a, a deck situation. It's gonna, <laughs> just going to sit on the deck. It's going to look real good. Your nickname is going to be Noah. Your neighbors are going to think you're completely <laughs> nuts. Yeah. But you'll show them. I will show them. Show so, them all. That's the Cascadia subduction zone. Wow. Okay. That was a lot on a scale. So now that we've talked about it on a scale of one of chamomile to Lexapro, what are you going to need to fall asleep tonight? <laughs> Uh, again, the first two days when I was researching this Lexapro for sure. And then at a certain point, just like, I can't do anything. That's right. So I feel a little bit better that I like know what the steps are, 
you know, that's kind of reassuring to just know what will happen. And I watched a simulation that the Washington State Department did and didn't even touch where I live. See, I so, think you take a lot of comfort in that, misguided yeah. or not. Maybe don't go around telling the people you know who live in downtown Seattle how comfortable you are, but. Honestly, it's so hard meeting new people and they tell me that they live downtown. My first instinct is to be <laughs> like, how do you feel about the tsunami that's going to destroy Seattle? Like living there. And I have to just hold it in. You got it. That's as my mom would say, that's an inside thought. That's a thought bubble. We keep that as a thought bubble. Mm-hmm. I've been very successful keeping it as a thought bubble so far, but Good work. it's tough. Well, thank you. That was terrifying and fascinating. <laughs> Anytime. Kicking it off with a bang, a wave of information, oh, God. <laughs> earth shattering news. Okay. And I'm immediately out of natural disaster puns. So let's do <laughs> lightning round weekly anxieties. I'll go first yes. feeling kind of nervous about prison gangs, running drugs, prison gangs, running drugs. Why gigantic FBI drug raid in Albuquerque this week. They oh, found that makes sense. Uh, $4 million in cash. That's so much. 1 million fentanyl pills. 140 pounds of meth. And the reason I'm laughing is because I just remembered that another thing that they found was a bulletproof baseball cap, which how heavy would that be? What circumstances are you wearing that in? Anyway, the, some of the prison gangs are running drugs through Albuquerque. And now I know that. And I mean, like good work FBI, but, but also womp womp. I, are they just like really into bulletproof everything? Like, is it just like, you know, when you get into one thing, you just want it <laughs> for everything, you know, like you're really, if you get like one time I was, I was really into teacup pigs. So then everyone got a teacup pig stuff. And I was like, guys, I'm not into it anymore. Is that like with bulletproof stuff? So you think it's like a gift. It's like, once you're like, <laughs> I like that thing. And then your grandma and your aunties are like, I only know that they like rubber duckies. I only know that they like Kevlar. So I'm going to get Johnny a bulletproof baseball cap. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have one yet because it seems wildly impractical. Exactly. It would just be so, it would basically be a motorcycle helmet, but all concentrated on your head. It would be so uncomfortable. It's just, I have so many questions. So, I mean, they got caught, so that is good. Seeing but with $4 million in cash, they were like, okay, at it for a while. Yeah. Should anyway. I switch careers? <laughs> we'll talk about it online. Let's see. Um, one of mine was, and I know it's because I just moved. So like anxieties around my cat being dead mm -hmm. it's just like different like I'm worried that he's gonna run out, like somehow the screens in the window are gonna come loose which mm -hmm. actually did happen oh no the other day but only because he was running around wild and he knocked the box fan out of the window <gasps> oh no but it's because I didn't now we learned you close it so that's you know sandwiched in there but sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like my cat's not right next to me he hasn't been snuggling with me all night he's clearly dead that's the right. only reasonable explanation but really he's not i get it lots of anxiety about the mortality of my pet <laughs> i'm it's with just you. constant i'm with you 
Um, I also find public bathrooms cause a lot of anxiety because, uh, so today I went to a coffee shop and they had slide doors on the bathroom and so I hate barn doors. doors. They're so stupid because they break, not barn doors. I know that's not what that is. Uh, I've never seen this before, but I slid a shut and I locked it. And then I went to leave and turned it the wrong way at first. And it didn't unlock because it just was spinning in the wrong direction. And I just had a moment of panic as I like, and then I was like, click, I'm fine. But definitely like getting stuck in a public bathroom. That's one. As an adult woman. Yes. Right. As a child. Right. You yeah. just climb under the stall if it's a stall, yeah. but no, but as an adult, I... <laughs> guess I just no. die in this bathroom. I'm not admitting to anyone that I'm stuck in here. And I'm not going to crawl under and get like all of the bathroom juice on me. Ew. I would get stuck halfway under the door. <laughs> then I would be stuck in the bathroom stall in a new and more humiliating way. Okay. Do you go for me? Because I would eventually try. Do I go head first or do I go legs first? You know, that's so funny because I would instinctually go head first. But now that we're mm-hmm. talking about it, legs first seems better. And you're on your, no, actually on my back head first using the door to like shove myself out. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Like a I'm rocket. Glad we ran through that Like a scenario. luge. <laughs> <laughs> I like make a little luge out of uh, toilet paper covers. <laughs> That's smart. Sit on them. I just, it's gross. The whole thing is gross and And it's embarrassing. So embarrassing. And also like 10 years ago, I had a dream that I was trying to go into a single stall bathroom and there was a woman waiting on the other side of the door to kidnap me. And I don't really know what her plan was because she would have had to get me back out through the establishment. But now I always check around those doors. Oh my gosh. So there you go. You have another one? Other anxieties. I love it. Um, yes. Mostly this one revolves around meeting new people and not being too much myself right away, you know, because you don't want to come on too strong. And then people are like, oh, she's a weirdo. I'm not going to be friends with her. So this week, um, fun fact, I'm a teacher. Uh, we're on strike. If you see Seattle, if you see in the na- national news, a Seattle school on strike, that's us. It's super weird. It's my first year there. Just great. I my life's really weird right now. So at the strike, we were talking about like, oh, we're really gonna need like a foot peel, peel after this because like we're walking ten miles a day. And so I was like, yeah, like I'm gonna desperately need one because my feet are like turning into hooves. <laughs> and so to me, I'm like, that's gross and funny. But then there was a moment when I saw in her eyes, like, did I take it too far? Oh no, like. <laughs> so just like different things I say that then I'm like, oh god. I've just ruined everything. I was giving you a lot of strong nonverbal agreements on not being too weird too soon. And I just feel like I should clarify. That's just, I understand that. Not that I think you also should be worried about being too weird too soon. I figured, but Um, now I'm going to think about that more. And like, is she just saying that? No, no. I, you know, I'll just remind you non-specifically that our friendship was formed in several public bathrooms during embarrassing interactions. So I think we're covered. That's true. (laughs) Our origin story. Our origin story. All right. And last thing before we close it out, what's something that's easing your mind this week, bringing you joy? 
Okay. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Go for it. Okay. Well, first, this is what I try to do when I get really anxious, like talking logically, be, like when I'm thinking that my cat is dead. I'm like, okay, he's probably not dead. He's never been dead before. <laughs> he's probably sleeping on the day bed or he's probably like he's probably you know and so I talk logically to myself and then I calm down and then I can go back to sleep that's really good also David Sedaris's new book <gasps> happy go lucky is that what it's called oh god um let's see happy go lucky I was right I listened to it basically Trust one cat. day while striking it was very fun to listen to does he read it? He does read it. Yeah. So. What about you? Uh, mine is just like one really specific interaction I had this week that brings me a lot of joy when I think about it, which is I needed a cake, a small custom cake. And uh, I ended up waiting too long. So the bakery was like, we can't bake cakes. We can only make cupcakes, which I don't understand because it feels like a similar amount of work, but whatever. So I went to Walmart. So it was $10 and I go to get the cake and the woman brings it out to me and she opens the lid. And I am like, she says, how cute. And I say, this looks great. It's beautiful. And I'm walking away with the cake and I hear the first lady go back into the bakery and just yell. She said, it's beautiful, Alyssa. <laughs> That's so sweet. Like the affirmation, it's just a very, it was a very good moment and I was glad that I said something nice about it um because she was gonna go I yell it in that. the back of the bakery so there you go I love that all right well we'll be back with more things to worry about large and small that's right and we have so many more anxieties to talk about <laughs> <laughs> more every day um <laughs> and in the meantime don't forget to take a deep breath. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore anxiety pod. We'll talk to you next week.